Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Three Point Threat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Woodcox, and glad to be back at it. Um, I apologize for the delay in shows. Um, it's been a crazy couple weeks for me. Um, I know you guys are here to uh, to hear about the jazz, not about me, but just real quick. You know, I work in uh, college athletics um, as my full-time job. As much as I wish I could just talk about the jazz all day, uh, I do have to do something else as well. Uh, so it's been a crazy couple weeks with college football getting started, and then... Um, also got, got hit by a bit of a flu bug last week, so I didn't want to be sounding all raspy on the podcast. So I'm pretty much over it now, so hopefully things will all go smoothly today. Excited to be back doing the podcast. Um, we're getting close, guys. We're, we're less than a month until the regular season starts. Um, obviously, just a couple weeks until preseason starts, so we're going to see our new-look Jazz team in action here pretty soon. Um, I know I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure all you guys listening out there are too. So for our three points today... First thing I want to talk about is the new Jazz jerseys. I'm sure you guys have seen them. Been kind of met with some mixed reaction. I know it's not huge, mind-blowing news by any means, but I wanted to kind of give my take on the new Jazz jerseys. For point two, I actually want to talk about two Jazz players that I'm really intrigued by and excited to see how they're going to work together this year. I want to talk about the Jazz starting backcourt of of, uh, Ricky Rubio and Rodney Hood. Um, And then for point number three, I just want to touch on uh, the Utah Jazz team chemistry. You know, it's something I think is going to be really good this upcoming year. There's been some cool indications this offseason that we're going to be in for a team that has a lot of togetherness. So that's what I'll cover for the third and final point. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's show as we'll go into point number one and I'll talk about the new Jazz jerseys. Point one. So we all knew there were going to be, you know, quite a few changes when Nike took over as, as the, the jersey provider for all the NBA teams. And, you know, obviously the Jazz's first two jerseys I thought were really sharp, really clean, not all that different from their original ones. Um, and now this, this third one that just came out, um, it, it's pretty unique to say the least. And, you know, I actually like the fact that it's a little bit out of the box because some of the team's mindset or statement jerseys, as they're being called, I thought that they were pretty plain, you know, kind of similar to what we've already seen before. So I did like that the Jazz went out of the box with this new one. I'm all for new ideas and doing something a little creative and clever. Um, but I just don't know that I'm really sold on the gold color. That was kind of my biggest thing that, you know, I just feel like when you think of the Utah Jazz, yes, gold or, or yellow, however you want to put it, has been a, a color of the Jazz's, but it's never really been one that's like the main color that you think of. I'm going to buy gear or merchandise or, or what have you in that color. And it just doesn't feel, you know, it, it doesn't feel traditional enough. And I don't know, maybe I'm contradicting myself because I like things that are you know, outside of the norm, but I also like having some sort of tie to, to the tradition, I guess you could say, and in the history of the jazz. So I didn't really like the gold per se, especially, I don't know, the gold on gold just kind of stuck out a ton. Um, I will say I did really like the, the logo and the number combo up top. Um, however, if it would have been up to me, I would have liked to see like a blue jersey that had like a green and gold uh, for the logo and for the number. I thought that could have been really cool. You know, still be unique enough, um, but then but then also have that, you know, more of a typical jazz tie. I don't know if you guys saw or not, but before the jersey was officially released, um, Conrad Burry, you know, on Twitter, he's with uh, a Sports Logos website. Um, he released kind of his estimation of from what he had gathered, what he had heard, what he thought the jazz uh, New Jersey would look like. And it kind of had this cool silhouette in the background that kind of looked like mountains. That's how I thought it looked anyway. And I thought that was kind of a nice touch to the jerseys. But then when we actually saw them come out, they were just pretty plain. Just kind of the straight, the flat yellow or or gold, I guess I should say. 
and I would have liked to see a little bit more creativity, a little bit more tie into Utah. So I was disappointed there just wasn't more done with it. I felt like the trim was kind of boring um, in, in my in my opinion, and so I, I just wish we could have seen a little bit more. But I will say I like the Jazz are thinking outside of the box. Um, I mean, Rodney Hood and Donovan Mitchell looked pretty sharp in the jerseys. I mean, obviously, like both of those guys a lot, so I was excited to see him sport those in that video that was on, on uh, the internet. But um, for the most part, I, I'm not super pleased with them. It's just it's just not quite what I would have liked to see. be interesting to see what the fourth one looks like. Um, when we talk about some of the other jerseys around the league, uh, these new mindset or statement jerseys that came out, I actually really liked Phoenix's jersey. I thought that that one turned out really sharp. looks really cool. It was pretty simple, but I thought the color scheme and everything was, was awesome. I was a big fan of that one. And then I also, I really liked Oklahoma City's jersey. I thought it was just, again, sharp and clean. The colors fit well. Uh, the OKC looks kind of cool with the, the middle of the letters a little bit shifted or whatever you want to say. I think they were talking about it kind of being like a sunset or I don't know, it, but it looked sharp. I actually really liked how those ones looked. So um, some of the jerseys were cool and, and um, the Jazz's was just not one of my favorites, I guess you could say. Uh, one thing, too, I know this has been beat to death on, on Twitter and on social media and everything, but I just really am not feeling the jersey patches at all. I mean, I, I know it's a done deal. It is what it is, and I, I get the you know the unique a, uh, advertising space that it is and the money that teams will bring in selling that and everything, but I just hate how it looks on some of the jerseys. And um, this has nothing to do with Gordon Hayward. Trust me, he could play for any team in the league. It wouldn't have to do with this. I can't stand how the Celtics ones look. I just feel like the, the, the jersey patch is just kind of big and very intrusive. And I'm all for, you know, advertising and, and getting stuff up where it needs to be and, and making money off of it. But when it gets to be that intrusive and kind of that awkward, I just don't like the look of it at all. And, you know, obviously the Jazz, I feel like all things considered, they went probably the best possible route you could go, you know, to have a have more of a charitable approach with their jersey patch, the fight for the fight, which is an awesome cause. Um, I think that's a, it's probably the best that any team could have done um, if they were going to sell that space and use that ad space on the jerseys. Um, but just overall, I, I don't like it. I wish that we didn't have to have all these things on, on the jerseys of all places because it just seems like those are something that need to stay pure and stay normal. But it is what it is. We'll see how it works out in the coming years and whether there's backlash or whether there's more ads added later on. Pretty soon they might look like soccer jerseys for all we know. But that's my take on the new Jazz jersey and my thoughts there. With that, let's get on to some more you know basketball-related news, more, uh, more nitty-gritty stuff, I guess, and move on to point number two. Point two. All right, so I got the idea for point number two, um, kind of based off of a recent piece that I wrote on the jnotes.com. Hopefully, you guys caught it. Um, that was actually based on um, a Bleacher Report piece um, that ranked every single starting backcourt in the league. And it, it was a really good piece. I like a lot of the ranking pieces that Bleacher Report does, I think they do a great job. And this piece, it had the Utah Jazz's starting backcourt of Ricky Rubio and Rodney Hood ranked as the 16th best backcourt in the league. And, and kind of like I said in my piece, in case you guys didn't catch it, was I thought it was a very fair ranking um, based on what Rubio and Hood have done thus far in their careers. Um, it, you know, you couldn't even argue that it was higher than they deserved based on some of the, the issues or things they've had in their career. But I thought 16 was a pretty fair and reasonable spot. But I also believe that, you know, based on the season they could have this year, based on the opportunity those two might have to just, you know, really have a breakout year, I think they could also shatter that rating completely. I think 16th could actually end up being too low for these guys. 
Um, I mean, that. with that being said, they have a ton to prove, so that's no guarantee at all. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about Ricky Rubio and Rodney Hood individually um, and how they're going to make up Utah's starting backcourt and what I kind of expect and, and think and hope uh, for both of these guys. So in terms of Rubio, I mean, his offense still really worries me. Um, he started out really hot in Eurobasket play this summer. Uh, for a while, he was shooting well over 40% from deep. Uh, towards the end of Eurobasket play, which obviously just ended on uh, Sunday, he cooled down considerably. Um, his final shooting percentages ended up being 41.3% from the field and 36.1% from deep. And uh, it's kind of sad, but you know that, that three-point shooting is actually pretty high for Rubio um, compared to what he's done in his NBA career. But overall, it's it's very mediocre, and that's something that it just concerns me. I mean, Rubio is on the floor not to be your primary scorer. We all know that. We all recognize that. Um, as much as we want him to be successful, we know who he is uh, in a lot of ways. Um, he's there to distribute, and he's fabulous at that. But the Jazz are going to need him to get better offensively, at least more reliable, at least a little bit more consistent, so that other teams, um, you know, respect him, and so that his offense is actually viewed as, you know, the, the other teams need to guard him. I should say. So, um, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, and I would agree with this assessment, but they talk about how, you know, Rubio has been foregoing wide open layups. That's something he was doing during Euro, bas- Euro yeah, Eurobasket play. Excuse me. Um, he would give up wide open layups and instead would pass the ball. Sometimes, you know, it would lead to a turnover. Or sometimes the pass wasn't exactly what needed to be done. I mean, he'd have a wide open layup and he would turn it down. And I just think that a part of that is just confidence in his offensive game. And the Jazz really need to find a way to help him get that confidence up. Whether it's getting him, you know, a special shooting coach or getting him just the reps that he needs or just getting him in a situation where it's like, hey, look, we trust you, we respect you, we want to get you going on offense and just really build him up in that way so that he can take the right shots, make the right basketball play. As much as it's going to be great to have him as a distributor and as a passer, he needs to also recognize when the, the better basketball play is for him to shoot. And, you know, maybe he's going to have some misses. That, you know, that's the way the game goes. But the Jazz need to find a way to build up his confidence so that he at least believes that, hey, you know, this is I have a green light to make this shot, to take this shot, and to make my team better. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I do think that Rubio is going to have a breakthrough year. I've said that quite a bit. And I think the Jazz are going to have a good system for him. They're going to utilize him properly. Um, but it's kind of funny what I was saying is that I've been wanting to talk about Ricky Rubio on the pod for a while. And especially when he was playing so well um, in Eurobasket, when he was shooting so well, I wanted to kind of say, hey, look, this is kind of a nice hint that uh, maybe a nice precursor that he's going to have a fabulous year with the Jazz. Um, unfortunately, since then, like I mentioned, he's cooled off quite a bit. So once again, I'm just a little nervous. I just I feel like Rubio has been... You know, obviously a pretty inconsistent shooter uh, throughout his NBA career. He had a fabulous end of the season last year, but again, his final statistics didn't look all that great. So I still think Rubio is going to have a a solid, a breakthrough year, um, but I am a little worried about a few things, and the Jazz absolutely have to get his confidence up. In terms of Hood, um, I'm actually really excited for Rodney Hood. Now, I know if you guys have followed, you know, my my pieces that I write on thejnotes.com, and if you follow my podcasts, You'll probably know that I've actually been pretty critical of Rodney Hood as a player. Um, never as a person, I think he seems like a, a stand-up guy. But as a player, just I've gotten really frustrated with his streakiness. Um, his injuries are obviously um, a concern, but I don't really hold that against him because it's obviously not all his fault by any means. But the biggest things that have kind of um, that I've kind of had a hard time with with Rodney Hood have been his decision making and his shot selection, and it's been something that really irks me. Um, it gets me kind of frustrated and upset. But, you know, I have high hopes for him turning that around. He's still a very young player, 
And, and obviously the Jazz are going to need him to be an elite scoring option this year. And I think he can get there eventually. I think he has the tools to become that kind of player. I don't necessarily think that he'll get there right away this year. I mean, look how long it took for Gordon Hayward to finally blossom and break out and be, you know, an all-star caliber type player, a go-to type guy. It might take Hood a little bit. I don't think it's fair to expect him to become this all-out go-to guy in his first year um, without responsibility. But I do think he's going to have a good year. One thing I really wanted to touch on with Hood, and um, John Kiefer, my J-Notes colleague, wrote about this recently, but there was an NBA TV feature um, where they interviewed Rodney, talked about Rodney Hood, and I thought it was a very good look for him. I mean, um, just his attitude and the way he carried himself and the way he spoke, I thought it was all really good. A lot of things he said were cliche. I mean, he said he wants to be an all-star. He wants to lead his team to the Western Conference Finals and to the, eventually to the NBA Finals. I mean, who doesn't, right? Those are very cliche things to say. But just something about his temperament and, and about the way he was saying it. And, you know, he was pretty humble in what he was saying, too. He admitted that, you know, it's going to be a learning process for me. There's things I got to improve. There's things I got to do. I just love seeing that. And if you'll remember, this was quite a few pods back, but on one of my shows, I talked about how it really, really bothered me how in, in Rodney's end of year interviews, he just straight up said, you know, I'm a starter. And the way he said it was very as if he had been slighted, as if he was very upset with how the team had handled him and things like that. And it really, like I said, it rubbed me the wrong way because in my mind it was like, well, if you're a starter, Rodney, then play like a starter. And quite frankly, he hadn't done that at the end of the year. That's why Joe Ingles got the spot. So in my mind, you know, to, to see that and kind of see him have a negative, frustrated attitude, but now during this NBA TV feature during the summer, to see him, you know, seem excited and seem, you know, up to the task, up to the challenge. And obviously, I don't, I don't know what Hood and, and Hayward's relationship was like. Um, I do know there are stats to back up that Hood did play better when he was on the floor without Hayward. Um, but So we're going to see how he does this year. Maybe he's excited about this. Well, he obviously is excited about this new opportunity, but maybe he's going to be able to utilize this and do really well. I think from based on that NBA TV feature, and again, it was short, um, but it seems like his head's in the right place. It seems like he's he's really got the right focus. And it was very much a 180-degree turn from what I saw personally in his exit interviews at the end of last season. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, you know, I, I, again, I just want to say I don't know that I, if Rodney is going to totally take that leap this year, but I think we will see a lot of improvement out of him. I'm excited to see what his work with uh, with Johnny Bryant has done over the summer. Um, I'm excited for him to prove that he's definitely a starter and that hopefully he can be even more than that. So having said all that, you know, with Hood and Rubio, there's a lot of question marks surrounding these guys. They both have a ton to prove. They both have a lot to improve. They, they got to get better. Both of them do in a lot of different ways. Um, but they're also young enough and, and have the potential and have opportunity enough that I think that they could very well surpass that 16th best backcourt in the NBA. I really think that, you know, there's a good chance they could be much better than that. In fact, I'll go so far as to say if those two can end up finishing in the top 10 as far as backcourts in the NBA, and obviously we're not going to have a, a final rankings at the end of the year just because it's very, very subjective. But it, it, hypothetically, if they can break into the top 10 and be one of the top 10 backcourts in the NBA, I think that means the Jazz are probably going to be a playoff team because I have enough confidence in Rudy Gobert and in their front court that if, um, that if those two can have that kind of season... I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be the X factor and give the Jazz that edge. So hoping for the best for those two. Uh, they're two players that are very critical to Utah's success, and I'm excited to see what they do this year. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead now and move on to point number three. Point three. All right. So for the uh, third and final point today, 
Um, I want to talk about something that, you know, quite frankly, I am really excited to see about the Jazz this upcoming year. Um, obviously, it's going to be, you know, a very new look team. Um, a lot of new and different players coming in. Uh, so, you know, we lost some players from last year, some very key important players from last year. Um, but I'm really excited about it. You know, I feel like every guy that we've added is very likable. Uh, the team as a whole, um, you know, it's guys that they're, they're very easy to root for, very easy to cheer for. And not only that, but these are guys that have a ton to prove, you know, not just individually, but as a team, you know, proven that they can still win. They can still play well without Gordon Hayward. And then a lot of guys, you know, you look at Favors and you look at Hood, you look at Exum. Um, these are guys that are in contract years and have a ton to prove. Or you have guys that are coming over from other teams that, you know, they may find themselves with a bigger uh, a bigger opportunity. Like like uh, Ricky Rubio, who we just talked to, um, talked about quite a bit, excuse me. Um, you have Jonas Jerebko, who may have a bigger role. You have Epe Yudo, who's trying to prove himself back in the NBA. Um, you have Sefalosha, who's up there in years, but, you know, he's got to prove that he can be a veteran on this pretty young team. So you have all these guys with something to prove, and then a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders. You look at Rudy Gobert, who was snubbed last year uh, from Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, you have him that wants to prove that he can be the new face, the new all-star on this organization. Um, you have, you know, a guy like Joe Johnson that wants to, to prove that he's not done yet, that he still has more he can do and accomplish. So you have guys that have a ton to prove, guys with chips on their shoulders, guys like Hood and Favors who were injured last year and didn't have the years they were hoping to have. There's just so much motivation for these guys that I think it's going to be an absolutely exciting year. And even though I fully realize this year that it's going to be very hard for us to be anywhere close to as good as we were last year, I'm actually going to say that I'm more excited for 17-18 than I was for 16-17. And I really feel like that's saying something because I thought 16-17, I was like, we're going to make the playoffs, which we did obviously, but we're going to make the playoffs, we're going to be so dang good and so competitive, and we were. And now this year it's kind of like, well... I'd like to think we're going to make the playoffs. I really do think we will, but we may not. We very well may not. But even so, I'm just so excited to see how these cool storylines play out. There's a lot to look forward to this year. And the one thing, you know, with all these new players that I mentioned that is going to be so much fun to see is I think that this whole team is just going to have exceptional chemistry. And, you know, it's something that I go back to last year when Rudy Gobert kind of called out the team and mentioned that you know some people weren't weren't playing as a team or they were they were trying to just get their own and obviously we don't know exactly who they were who he was referring to excuse me some thought it was hood some thought it was hill you know maybe he didn't really have one person in mind but um it seemed like every once in a while there were a few moments of friction and again we don't know this for sure i'm not trying to point fingers but a lot of people think that with hayward out you know the rest of the team may just rally together and be be very solid together have a very solid chemistry a very solid flow and that could very well be the case i've loved this summer you know what we've kind of seen a lot of is all the social media interactions you know with joe ingles and rudy gobert and ricky rubio and howell netto and um obviously rookie donovan mitchell's gotten in on it and it's been awesome i mean there's been kind of the playful banter back and forth there's been the jokes there's been different things and it just seems like you know a lot of these guys haven't even played haven't even played together. I mean, Rubio is is just brand new with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell is brand new in the NBA. They've never played with one another yet. They already seem to be fitting in, getting along, and that's just great. I feel like if that can translate over to the court, it's going to go a long way. The other thing that I thought was really cool is that uh, the Joe Johnson Instagram picture that I guess apparently was like his first post on Instagram in in years since 2015 or something like that. But it was almost everybody on the team. Um, Minus like Ricky Rubio, who is playing overseas, obviously. And I think that Rudy Gobert was doing a, a thing, signing copies of 2K18 in France or something like that. But it was pretty much the entire team, 
you know, working out together. And it was a pretty cool thing to see, especially in the middle of the offseason. You had Joe Johnson there kind of standing like he was dad. <laughs> and then the rest of the team, you know, they're all lined up after a hard workout. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you just love to see. You love to see the togetherness on this team, especially during the offseason when they don't have to be together. It's awesome to see them working hard and getting all this stuff done. And I think that's very telling. I think that, you know, the fact that this team has this togetherness, like I said, they all have these chips on their shoulders. They all have all these different reasons to be motivated. And if they can all channel that together, I think it's going to go a long way. And quite frankly, if that chemistry, like I said, carries over to the basketball court and isn't just a social media and locker room thing, um, if it's actually something that carries over to the court and these guys get a feel for each other and they, they know each other's spots and, and they can just really perform well and there's no egos, there's no headbutting, none of that then I think there's a very good chance that, you know, throughout both the first and second unit, this whole team could end up having a much more powerful, much more talented whole um, than the sum of their parts. And that's really the goal with this Jazz team. They're very deep. They're talented all the way up and down the roster, even onto the bench. And even though they may not have, you know, the most elite talent, they don't have necessarily, you know, that one or two, those one or two uh, really, really good shooters, really two good scores that you can go to all the time. But with how deep they are, if they can channel that and then take that chemistry, I have a feeling they could become something really special. And that's another thing that makes this Jazz team so much fun. You know, I've I've really never been a fan of the, the teams that are, you know, all-star studded and things like that. I've always been a guy that cheers for the underdog, regardless if it's the Jazz or what. Um, and seeing a team like this that doesn't really have, you know, those just huge stars that are up in lights. I mean, I think Rudy Gobert is deserving to be a star, but you guys all know what I mean. You know, we're not, we're not a star-studded team by any means, and I love that. I love to cheer for a team like that. I love to support a team like that. And I'd love to see a team like this Jazz team go far. And hopefully some of these guys that kind of start as underdogs, um, they can grow and they can develop and they can become stars. They can become these likable stars that we all want to rally behind and cheer for. So I just, I'm excited about the season, as you can probably tell. And I think the chemistry that we see, the chemistry combined with the depth, those kind of go hand in hand. I think it's going to pay huge dividends for the Jazz. So with all that being said, that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, you know, there's not a ton of news going on right now, but it's exciting to know we are getting close to the season. As I said in the intro, uh, less than a month now until the season opener. I guess exactly a month. It's going to be October 18th when the when the Jazz play the Nuggets. So going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. Um, hope you guys are still following on Twitter. Um, that handle is at 3pthreatpodcast. Make sure you stay up to speed with us. All of our pieces we write on thejnotes.com. Just want to give a shout out to all my colleagues on there for all the hard work they do, all the good content they're putting out uh, consistently. Looking forward to a great season working with them and, and getting all the jazz news out for you guys. So without further ado, that's going to do it. Um, you guys have a wonderful uh, rest of the day, and I'll look forward to chatting with you next episode. So long.